Welcome, guys, to Laura on Air, the Aftermath edition. And we have a sensational guest on. Now, this woman broke our hearts. We loved her. We lived with her. We thought she was fabulous. And we were so proud of her at the end. And Sandy Juanda, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. (laughs) So, Sandy... You are a very different contestant for us because your journey, it wasn't you were seen on Instagram and you're under crackers and they loved you or that you just was were looking for love. You had a bigger story right from the beginning, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I felt like for me going into it, it wasn't just a simple, and I always get really jealous about this with the other contestants. Like, oh, I told my family and they're so supportive. And I'm like, it was like the hardest thing I ever had to do. And I think there was a lot, there were a lot of layers to it. There was this idea that I want to go do something for myself, but also this idea that I I kind of want to break, break some boundaries and do something a little different and give other people permission to make decisions for themselves. If you've listened to any podcast from England, people were saying, oh, you know, it's very brave um, that she, you know, she's got a a story to tell and she, she's trying to move, move culture forward. Um, But then there was also that thing is, were you worried that this might not be the platform that was going to do that for you? Cause there was so much to lose as well. And I mean, I haven't spoken about this before, but definitely, I mean, I got, so I had to leave the day that I told my parents. So that was all the way they showed it on TV is how it happened. The day I told my parents and I walked out, I had to then go to the airport and catch a flight to Sydney. No, yeah, that's dramatic. Day. That's how late I left it because that's how afraid and I was more afraid that they would talk me out of it, to be honest, because they've been so good in the past using, you know, the guilt trips. Yeah. And yeah. And, and there's so many times in my life where I've pulled away from doing things because of that. So I genuinely left it to the last, like right until the end. And then they did the whole, you saw what I was like when I was on camera, when I'd walked out from the house, yeah. I was, I started devastated. Yeah, I was like, I just wish they would just support me in this. Like, I'm literally going to do something that they want for me anyway. Like, they could set me up with someone and it couldn't work. It might not work out. It's exactly the same scenario. The only difference is instead of them picking someone for me based on their criteria, which hasn't worked in the past, I'm now allowing three experts who, mind you, I've done a whole heap of psychological tests. The process I had to go through made me think they're going to pick someone for me that is going to be more suitable than maybe what my parents will. I mean, I hear that. no, yeah. but I look. Listen, like, we're just as naive as each other, so I, yeah, I give you hundred percent on that. I'm a dreamer. I'm like, let's be optimistic and go. This could work. Yeah. And if it doesn't, I might learn something for it, and I might be that person that breaks some boundaries and is a bit of a trailblazer for some of the other girls in my community or similar communities who don't have that opportunity to go make decisions for themselves. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm getting off topic but yeah so that night when I went to the airport I called my producer and I'm like I don't think I can do this I was sitting on the floor of the airport crying my eyes out people were walking past they're kind of like are you okay I'm like I'm fine I'm fine and I said to my producer, I'm like I don't think I can do this I don't want to disappoint my parents this is a huge deal like what if I get stitched up like please yeah. please please and I actually said, remember saying some like please can you promise me you guys aren't just doing this for ratings like you are going to put me with someone nice uh. and she- Sandy just get on the plane that's just step one just get on the plane and no one's gonna make you do anything so I got on the plane and obviously as you know it all played out and I got married and look I think people keep thinking what did you fall for I fell for what all of Australia everyone who watched the show I fell for the same thing well here's the thing and I was thinking this so like it's really hard when you're in that bubble to to be looking at everything that's going on because you were so nervous on the wedding day you look gorgeous by the way can we all just say but um you when you came down that aisle you've got because again you've got so many layers to what's happening for you it's not just getting on a show in Marin's girl you've got your your parents in your head your community in your head and, and you're doing all that we were watching it from a very different angle now Dan looked like he was doing and saying all the right thing but for us we saw a lot of the guests at his wedding and we just felt there was we said the the reaction of his guests and the way they the way they looked the way they acted something was off and we said we've been saying that from the beginning we felt that someone who was pretending to be as kind and considerate as Dan was wouldn't have had those friends and that 
because they were they were it was a smattering of light racism <laughs> and uh, and yeah, there was a yeah, and there was a light racism. I mean, yeah. yeah, let's just call it yeah. And then also the, the guests didn't seem like genuine people. And we just thought there's got to be, there's something going on there. And we wanted the best for you and we were hoping for you, but we were really worried for you at that point. And I think what the audience, I hope for, maybe sometimes forgets is I watched that wedding back as the audience did. Yes. So all those comments that his friends were making, I was unaware of. To yes. my face and to me, Everyone seemed really nice and genuine and kind. And I actually spent a fair bit of time talking to Dan's dad that night, which they didn't even show. So for yeah. me, I was like, oh, he's a family man. I put aside, one of his friends actually came to me and said, oh, did you know he's been married twice? And instead of having that initial gut reaction yeah. of, oh, what? I went, okay, so like maybe he's got relationship experience. That's something I'm lacking. Maybe yeah. that's something he can, he can provide for you, yeah. And I'm not going to lie, I honestly tried to look at everything with an optimist's point of view, kind of like. And you should, to, you should come yeah, into this. You should come in and say, I'm going to give it everything. I'm going to assume that they know better than I do. There's a reason this is all coming together. I'm going to go 100% in. Yeah, and that's why I feel so hurt. Like when I walk down the aisle, it's the first time I'm saying this, but I wasn't attracted to Dan. He was the exact opposite of what I had asked for. But for me, and I think this worked to my disadvantage, I was so focused on making it work because I'd given up so much. And, I mean, he 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 used that to his advantage, mind you, because he's like, she wants this so bad, I can get away with whatever I like. Um, so, yeah, I walked that down that aisle and I'm like, I'm not here to be superficial and judge someone based on how they look. I'm here to get to know that person. And, exactly. mind you, for the first few weeks, he showed up in exactly the way that I would want my future partner to be. Yeah, well, he did it, and we saw that too. But as soon as you got away from that wedding and Dan's weirdo friends, um, it was like he was—he said everything you wanted to say and acted in everything you wanted to do. It was—we were like, wow, we were so happy for you. We we're like, she got it. It's good. She made the right decision. Her family can relax. This is going to be fantastic. And then, like that, yeah, because he couldn't maintain. Time. He couldn't maintain the lie, yeah. could he? And that's the one thing, One, if people ask me about maths and the journey, they're like, what advice would you give me if I want to do this? I'm like, if you are not real to who you are as a person, don't go on this show because they film you from morning to night. You cannot keep up a facade. Eventually, the mask will drop. They see who you are as a person, and that's exactly what happened to Dan. And, I mean, the hurt goes deep because it's not just the show itself. It's not watching it back. It's then leaving and having multiple women that he has in the past hurt and done similar things to reach out to me and tell me he did this to me, he did that. And I'm like thinking to myself, if I had have had this information when I was there, I would have showed up as a very different version of myself. Yeah, yeah. But again, you know what? I think you, you did nothing wrong in this, Sandy. You were honest and vulnerable and you stuck you stuck to your guns about what you wanted and how, how hard you were going to try for it. And that's what this program is about. And so you you didn't do anything wrong. You got matched with somebody who wasn't honest and who was playing a part. And you can't do anything with that. Um, we're going to say, though, did you know he was part man, part mermaid? And you, no, I didn't. And it makes me laugh because since I've left, I've, as I said, I've spoken to ex-girlfriends and whatnot, and they're all like, we didn't get it. Because when we go to the beach with him, he never goes in the water. So <laughs> for him, it was literally a crutch. It was just a crutch to go, I don't want to be with this girl. We thought he so was in paid partnership any- with Water Aid because that man yeah, wanted to be in the water so much, he never stopped talking about it. <laughs> Because so much isn't shown. Like he would say some horrible things to me. Like I spoke about, and all the cast know it. He told me I was very Indian. He gave me a checklist of why I was very Indian. And I mean, when you start to hear things like that, you go, how ignorant are you as a person? Like expand your mind. And oh yeah. And I, I love being Australian and I'm very patriotic, but sometimes we, I look back and I think, as a, as a country and as people, we, there are leaps and bounds to be made when it comes to acceptance of other cultures and religions yeah. because look at the UK audience and how much they understood my story, vast difference. Like I just recently listened to Harrison saying something like, I find it hard to believe that a 36-year-old didn't have a relation. I'm sorry, Harrison, that is my truth. That is how I grew up. I grew up in a very strict family. 
It says more about Harrison. You are ignorant. Get out there, meet well, people, know what's going on in other I people's mean, lives. When Dan says, I watched a Bollywood film with her, I wanted to cry. I mean, it was it, just that statement alone was like, it's like saying, I'm not racist. I have a black friend. I watched a yeah, Bollywood yeah, film. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> I said to Dan, I was like, you couldn't tell me what languages I speak. Honestly, <laughs> he wouldn't be able to tell you. He would say probably Indian. <laughs> and that's not a language. Indian. <laughs> it goes to show like he expected me to learn. I can tell you his order that he would make for lunch every day because I took an active interest in getting to know him and make this work. He couldn't tell you the first thing about me. He also he also was, I, I thought he was trying to fat shame you. Like he kept talking about like the fact that you were always on the couch and that, that you never moved and he wanted to run, he wanted to do a triathlon, but unless you could keep up with him, he wasn't interested. Like I thought it was really shitty, to be honest. That frustrated me so much because to be, to be told that you're lazy for someone who is the, now I'm not going to say I'm like climbing mountains and all this stuff, but I run a business. I have three degrees. I work bloody hard. Don't you dare tell me I'm lazy. I've come to this experiment to work on a relationship and I'm not sitting on that couch because I want to. I'm sitting there and you probably know this, Lara, we have restrictions on us. We can't just leave the apartment whenever we like. We can't do whatever we want. And again, if it comes back to you there to work to work on the relationship, not go for six hour runs and do exactly. the quantum. Yeah. Like he wanted to come and go on a spa day. Like we kept saying that, like he he's just kept wanting to go off and do things. When you're in this experiment, there's a limited amount of time and your job is to be there getting to know your partner to build a relationship together because you're strangers. And if you don't spend the time learning about each other, then how is that going to work? Yeah, and it was like beyond frustrating because I'm also that person who's like, we have to be independent, we have to be individuals. I don't expect you to be my partner and conform to exactly what I do, exactly how this is. Like, yeah, go to the gym, go hang out with the guys, do whatever you like. But when that's happening six, eight hours a day and you're not telling me where you are, what you're doing, you're not checking in, I'm thinking, well, then you're not here for the right reasons. And I think that's yeah. only fair. Like, 100%. I mean, that was frustrating more so because I felt like he was painting a picture and putting me in a box of she's this lazy girl who sits on the couch doesn't do anything how could we ever make it work I'm anything but like I would offer and say I can come on your walks with you but he wouldn't want me to do those things so, yeah but Sandy you didn't walk fast enough I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> I know what can I say it's just the most ridiculous <laughs> ridiculous answers to the experts like they're asking real grown-up questions and the answers to him were like she doesn't walk fast enough. She's like she's allergic to the sea. It's like, yeah, oh my I god! Mean, I couldn't win. No matter what I said, he yeah. would always come back with something like, you know, things like you don't wear skimpy clothes. I mean, this man went to the extent where he would say things like, "We had a photo shoot, and as I was changing, I have natural breasts, so I had tape on my breasts." And he said, "Did you have tape on?" And I was like, "Yeah, you know, like." I'm 37 years old. I'm owning my body, but in saying that there's some outfits, I can't wear a bra. So I was wearing tape and he's like, would you ever consider a boob job? <gasps> God, thank God he didn't. Yeah. Me, I actually put, I actually put, uh, I've actually put like um, construction tape on mine. <laughs> Literally, that's what I have to do. I'm like, baby, they're real. I can't help it. They're going to go whichever direction they want. With, there's nothing wrong with fake boobs. And I think they're beautiful. They're great. But to say those sorts of comments to a person, even if they're little spatterings here yeah. and there, over yeah. time, it breaks you down. And they it do. broke down my self-esteem. Like, I look back and I see that last dinner party that I was at, the one where I found out about the things he was saying to about me. Yeah. I look, I watched that back and that's not me because I was so broken. Like, I didn't even have the energy to argue with him anymore because yeah. you guys got to see me the arguments I, on I feel like we're I feel like you're telling me about my journey because <laughs> it's it's so similar and in the end I was I was nothing I was just not myself at all my friends say we didn't know who that person was because I was just sat there because what could I do I couldn't fight it because the, the stuff that was being said wasn't being said on camera so yep. it, and that's what I wanted to talk to you about as well because like I really felt and I love the moment when he that Hugo thing came out and he gives Hugo a really nasty look and you say, don't do that. Don't, mm -hmm. don't try to, cause I, we have said on the show, we imagine behind closed doors, he was a lot nastier than he came across. Yeah. I mean, 
yeah, I'd, it's hard because a lot of stuff you can't talk about, but I have never, I, I actually don't have anyone in my life that I've had a falling out with that I don't get along with. I get along mostly with gen, most people, but I can say hand on heart, I have never disliked someone as much as I dislike that man. And I even refuse to use his name anymore because he went on that show for fame and I'm not going to let him get that. Because you know how they say success is the biggest revenge? Yeah. That's where I'm at. Like, I, I genuinely, I despise him. He's yeah, we're not interviewing it. him, by the way. <laughs> yeah. like, it, that's okay. But it just, it frustrates me because, like, one of the girlfriends I spoke to, and this is the narrative he's playing out now, that the network screwed him over. They stitched him up. They put him with someone he didn't want. And that's why it didn't work. That did not happen. He asked for a girl that was a trailblazer. He asked for someone that dances to the beat of her own drum. And this is verbatim what was told to me by an ex-girlfriend. Um, he asked for someone who, he doesn't care about culture. He doesn't care about looks. And when she questioned him on these things, he said, I'm going to say what I need to say to get on the show because it's a huge opportunity. I'm sorry, Dan, no one screwed you over, stitched you up other than yourself. And in the process, he's broken me, traumatized me, hurt me. I mean, I'm in therapy to try and deal with the shit that this man put me through. Of course. I mean, okay, so the facts, and I feel for this too, because I had sex with my partner and and it all felt as, as it was unraveling. Um, uh, because you get, it's all going on. And then you, you think maybe it's something I'm doing. Can I make this better? Can I... And 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 it's it's never the answer that it is never the answer. But how do you feel about that? The best way to explain the sex, I think, is honestly manipulation. So the morning that we had a big fight, and that stuff came about him saying to the experts he's not sexually attracted to me. I was very triggered because we had had some very intimate moments, and we had been in those places before. So for him to turn around and say that I'm not sexually attracted to her, I was like, what's going on? Like. We share a bed every night we're being intimate and you're saying these things. And because he could tell I was pulling away and say, I said, I'm going to leave. I'm like, I cannot sit there. So it was damage control. He thought if he had, if you had, he got you to have sex with him, then it looked like he was actually interested and he, he didn't mean those things and he could keep you there. And he also knew that it would mean a lot to me. So it would get me even more trapped. So in his mind, he was like, shit, she's pulling away. She said she's going to leave. She's done. Like I was sitting on the bed. I'm like, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm done protecting you. Cause there were so many commitment ceremonies where things were happening. But I think when you're isolated with someone and you want it to work, a part of you just goes, Oh, maybe he's just playing up. He's stressed out. Plus, It's your you know, husband. Right. Yeah, and, and if you if you take it seriously, you protect your husband. There's things that you don't want to share with the group because that's personal. And maybe things yeah. you should have said that would have given people the idea of what was actually happening. But if you want to protect your husband because you think the relationship may work, that's all what you have to do. Right. My husband also had a 16 year old daughter who I kept in the back of my head, kept thinking, oh, man, if I say this, it's going to make him look this way. And then he's like, so I just honestly, the first the first two weeks were okay. After that, it started to unravel. And I just kept protecting, protecting until it got to the point where he went and said that at commitment ceremony, especially, and he got very upset about the fact that I was starting to be honest and step up. Yeah, he didn't like that. He was not happy. And so, and I think that's why we end up sleeping together because in his mind, he was like, I'll sleep with her. I've got her trapped. She, I know how much that means to her. So she's going to continue to protect me. I think probably there was an element as well that he thought if she has sex with me, she'll stay with me to save face because she doesn't want her parents to think she slept with me and then it didn't work out because then her parents were right. So I imagine there was some cultural manipulation going on there for him as well. Definitely. And I mean, again, me telling him a lot about my parents and the situation there and how much I want this to work, he was able to then use that against me because he was like, well, she's, she's, she needs to make this work. She can't go back home. Yeah, that's what I mean. So she's going to stick around. But what he wasn't accounting for is that as much as I love my parents and I care about saving face and all that, I'm beyond that now. I'm a 37-year-old woman who has been through a lot of shit when it comes to culture and all that. And I'm, I'm sorry, but I said it to him at the dinner party and they cut all this out. But I said, your biggest downfall was that you were matched with a strong woman and you did not see it coming. 
No, he didn't. Especially when he thought, oh, she's going to do as she's told. She's probably a girl who's used to being told by her community and her parents. I could probably, if I just, if I just put it in the right way, spin it in the right way, I can. I, he looked shocked in the last couple of um, commitment ceremonies. You really came into your own at the very end, and it was really great to see as well. Thanks, ladies. <laughs> I tried. Even then, I look back and I'm like, I could have said more. I mean, a lot gets cut out as well. Yeah, but and they'll cut what they don't want anyway. So I always say that I, I do. I stay up night thinking I should have said this. I should have. But the fact is, is that you just got to be yourself because they'll cut, they'll cut what they don't want anyway. That's why, yeah, when people talk about the edit and this and that, I'm like, well, it came out of your mouth. Yes, they can pick things to follow a certain narrative, but if you've said it, you've said it. Like, So, um, Sandy, um, to be honest, we saw you as a completely wonderful figurehead um but i think you've kind of the one thing you've got out of this um experience is um a really good friendship with claire um so would you say you've gained you've gained a best mate rather than a, a husband yeah. <laughs> you lost it you lost a merman but you gained a friend that's it i mean i've always been a girl's girl so it, whenever i go somewhere i always tend to get along well with other women um, so I actually speak to all the cast members in terms of women, some of the men as well, but when it comes to the women, I actually keep in contact with all of them because at the end of the day, only we can understand what we get went through together and yeah. what happened in the scenario. And I like to think that as much as what the public might say, I still want to support each of those individuals. So Claire and I, yes, we're very close. We, live, we actually both live in Melbourne. So that certainly makes it easier, which means I can catch up with her a lot more. The rest of the cast all live in other states. So we keep in contact yeah. through either text, Instagram, all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I was in Sydney recently and I saw Janelle and Evelyn. Um, you know, I think Alyssa's getting a lot of backlash. So I've tried to be there for her to try and support her through this because it's a lot. It doesn't matter who you are as a person when everyone is, look, I even felt this way about Dan. When everything was going down, I was kind of like, oh, I hope he's coping and he's okay because it's a lot. It is, it a, is lot. a lot, yeah. yeah. Mind you, with Dan after the things he did after. <laughs> yeah, yeah me, it was over, yeah. <laughs> that changed. I was like, I don't care anymore. But, yeah, I try and think that it's it's important for us to really try and look at everyone's point of view and where they're coming from. In saying that, even Harrison's a pretty, like, he's, he's, you know, he says some crazy things, but, you know, he's just, I think he's a bit of a smart ass, if anything. Like, yeah, you know. I know. I hear he's starting his own podcast. Um, We said it shouldn't be called Arrogant. It should be called Harrogant. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. You should tell. You'll use it. Obviously, Dan's been seen or allegedly dating a woman from the wedding. We um, like to call her big boobs. Uh, tangerine <laughs> dress. <laughs> I'm sure she's a lovely girl, and I never want to say anything derogatory. Like, girl, own your tits. I love it. Like, yeah. go for it. I think my only issue lies in the fact that she apparently they they had slept prior to the, together prior to the wedding, so that had something happening. Um, pretty much every female guest that was at my wedding has had some sort of relationship with Dan before. Oh my god! I've, look, I've heard a few things. Either it was a publicity stunt because he wanted to show people that look at me, I was looking for a relationship. So straight after I left Sandy, wow. I went straight into. I mean, he screwed he, that up too. He yeah, again, yeah, that, that was the worst yeah. way he could have done it. So, I mean, yeah, he's, he's not bright. But um, do you oh, think? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that is the first thing I was like. He thinks he is so smart. But oh, that man! The when he talked, he just talked absolute nonsense, and it just went on and on and on. That girl that, that friend, yeah, that friend he had come on for the meal. We said to, her, oh, he's she speaks bullshit so they're gonna get on just fine because she was eating up all that stuff that's why the first two weeks went so well because I was still new to this getting used to having a man in my space I did a lot of like nodding smiling agreeing <laughs> but then the second oh, I, did. Hour, I was like oh wait a minute he's speaking bullshit like I'm gonna say something that's when it went to shit <laughs> yeah 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 that that that's usually how it goes Sandy it's usually yeah, how it goes. Much. Do you regret this experience? Or are you still glad you did it? I don't regret it. I still stand by, you know, doing something for yourself, doing something a little crazy. Because if I look back, the only reason I said yes is I, I remember thinking to myself, when I'm on my deathbed, do I want to say I had this opportunity and I said no? I had this opportunity and I took a leap of faith and I just went for it. 
So yes, I don't regret it. I'm glad I did it. I just honestly wish that someone who had true intentions, even if we weren't a good match, at the very least, if they were there for the right reasons, that would have been so much better for me. Like, oh, you can't. Did you, you apply for the show? Or did I they apply. come? This is what I always say, and you don't know this, but I was like, I just feel like the people who apply are there for the genuine reasons. And if you get paired with somebody who's there for a platform, this is where it all falls apart. And I mean, you, like Mel says, both things can be true. You can want stuff from the show and still come, you know, still decide to do it. But the people who who are picked and don't apply, it's not the same. Uh, I agree with you so much. So he, Dan was scouted and he tries to use that as if it's like a good thing. He's like, oh, they asked for me. I'm like, that's actually not a good thing because it just goes to, it It actually leads to that story of you weren't there for the right reasons. Like yeah. you You're just proving the point. Yeah. He had a girlfriend when they scouted him and he broke up with her. So the day before he was meant to leave for the wedding, he told her that he was going on maths and said, it's a huge opportunity for me. This will make me a better person to show up better for you. If I started to talk about the sorts of things, like he just, what you see is not what he is. He is a completely different person. Oh, my God. But he's just. I feel like we've had such a similar experience on this show. It just blows my mind. I feel like you just feel like you're walking around going, oh, my God, what's happening? Like this, this this is like crazy, right? You feel crazy because not only is that person telling you that, oh, you're crazy, but everyone around you is going, oh, he's such a nice guy. Yes. He's so sweet. And you're oh. just like, what? what is going on? Who do I speak to? And this is why I actually have a soft spot for Alyssa because there was one night I was really struggling. So he would disappear every second week under the guise of seeing his daughter. God knows what he was up to. Getting girls' phone numbers in bars with Harrison. That's what he was doing. I mean, Alyssa. Harrison's now admitted that Dan did get a number. Oh, we all knew. We all knew Dan got a number. Don't worry. Don't worry, sweetie. We had your back. We were all like, yeah, he got that number. (laughs) Um, So I saw Alyssa in the hallway and I was really struggling at this point. I mean, you're so isolated. I moved away from home. I'm living in a studio apartment with this man who is just. Bizarre. Faces. (laughs) I mean, I'd never dealt with someone like this. And I said to Alyssa, I need to talk to you. And she's like, what's wrong? I was like, I don't know what to do. Like everyone's saying Dan is amazing, but that's not what I'm getting. I'm like off camera, he is not treating me well. And I don't know what to think. I'm thinking, which is the real version? And she's like, Sandy, everyone can see dirty Dan and his tactics. Don't you worry. I can see it. And that is why I had a soft spot for Alyssa. Cause I was like, she was the first person that made me go, oh my, okay. I'm not the only one who's seeing this. People are seeing it, but because they're so afraid of him, because yeah. he would make jokes. He had, he actually said that he had dirt on everyone. So if anyone would speak up about him. So the reason Harrison didn't speak up when Dan said, I didn't get the number is Dan was like, I have dirt on Harrison. Uh, we wondered what was going on there because we knew that that was happened to both of them. But, and mm-hmm. we wondered why Dan, Dan gives him that look across the table, but he doesn't say anything. And I'm thinking, why? Why isn't Dan now saying, I didn't do it, and then Harrison's saying he did, but they just yeah. didn't say a word. It just petered out, and we thought, what the, what's happening here? And the reason I got so upset is, like, if someone accused me of that and I hadn't done it, I wouldn't be sitting there that quietly. That's what we I were saying. Like, why dare you say something like that about me? But, like, Thank I would you. have a bigger reaction, right? You yeah, know, that, just go, yeah. it looked weird. We couldn't work uh, it, it out. Was, we knew something was wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right in my gut. So that's why I was like, from that point on, I was very cautious of just everything about him. I mean, yeah, I look back and I still look at it and go, God, I was so naive. But, you know, it was my first relationship. You learn. I've never dealt with a narcissist before. And I will straight out say he's a narcissist. I mean, yeah. the man. Oh, I think he's also a little unhinged. Oh, he's unhinged. He took photos of my private journal. That's how premeditated he is. He then released those images to the media, pretending <gasps> to be a producer. He, my production phone, you know, how we have a production phone that we make boxes on, like so little diaries. The day after I left, when I found out about the butt dial, I came yep. back to the room. It was on my side table. It never, we never found it again. They couldn't find it on, uh, find my phone. Production tore our room apart looking for that phone. 
Okay, I've got to say, so you guys get a production phone, so when you have a thought, you can you can box it. Is that what happens? We don't have that. All our boxes are done with production with cameras. Yeah, we've seen this. Yeah, but we don't have little because I always wonder because there's a few of um Jesse where you can see he's obviously shirtless in bed and he's decided to have a little rant about something. But I I always wondered that and I thought that's yeah we we don't have that. The reason they give us those is so when I found out about the butt dial and everything and we'd slept together, it was like a Friday. And so he was going away for the weekend to be with his daughter, right? <laughs> and so we don't film on the weekend. So that's why we have that production phone. So they're like, if you have any strong feelings, you have a fight, something happens and you need to document it, pull out your production phone and record it on that. So that weekend I had a whole heap of video entries and diaries that I had made about how I was feeling, the fact that he hadn't reached out, you know, what had transpired transpired between us. And then the phone goes missing. So th there was a lot of little things where I was like, he was a very, very manipulative man. Like he's, I would describe him as a con artist and a master manipulator. Yeah. I, I, I was just saying, I was actually doing an interview the other day and I said that I was surprised about, about how many manipulating narcissistic men this show attracts. And your season this year had them by the boatload. Like it was, there was so much going on. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering, is this just the kind of thing a man like that wants to be on? Is that is that what it is? Because I feel like the women are coming on for love and the men are coming on for, I don't know why, because they don't get away with it. They end up looking nuts. Because that's the thing with narcissists. They think that they're right and people can't see through their bullshit. I mean, I didn't know any of this stuff walking into the show. Since I've left, I've done You're a lot. You're so knowledgeable now, yeah. Try and figure out what the hell I went through. Um, but I think it comes back to what you said before. They should only accept people who apply for this show. Do not go scout people. That does not Thank work. Thank you. Yes. I, I hate it. Had they found me a man who had applied, I can tell you hand on heart, we probably would have made it to the end and made it work because we were there for genuine reasons. Yes, I agree. I've said this. I've just, I've just said this in an interview. I was like, I just don't believe in scouting. 100% do not believe in it. Not people get hurt by it. Now, listen, if I... If I got hurt because we just didn't didn't work out and he was, wasn't the guy for me, that would have been fine. But the fact yeah. that somebody put this person with me who wasn't there for love, that yeah. that upsets me because I feel cheated by the whole experiment. I mean, I still love the show and I, I love doing it, but I just thought what it could have been for me, what it could have, you know, what it could have been a whole different experience. And it's, I think it comes down to the way they're scouting people. Like with Jules and Cam, I'm sure you guys know about Jules and Cam from the Australian. They're like the big yes, love we've, story. We've had, we've had Jules on the show. Amazing. So Jules was actually one of the reasons I said yes to the show because I saw her story. She was the same I, age as me when she went on. Um, very similar story. And so I saw her story and I thought, look, if she found love, I can. And I've since found out Cam did get scouted, but he was met out in a bar. They talked to him. They got to know him. It was a little different. They're yeah. now going on like Instagram finding people with a following and scouting them those people if they're already on Instagram and they have a big following there's already a sense there that the idea of fame is very appealing to them exactly so of course they going to say yes to a show like this yeah we had Mel we had Ella did we had Ella Ding on the other week and she was saying the same thing for her that you know he was scouted as an un as an underwear model you know and then brought on the and <sighs> There's Love Island for that. There's next Australia's next top model for that. Married at first sight, do not scout people and do not bring people on that want fame. I mean, that is a side note of that. I mean, I've walked away from it now and gone, I got nothing. My parents were disappointed. I've been traumatized. I didn't find love. Now, yes, I'm, I've taken a step back and gone, what can I do with this experience to make it a positive? We, that's what, a big question that I really wanted to ask you and in the most polite way I can. Um, you came on this show and one of the things you really wanted was to show Indian girls in their community that they could stand up for themselves, make decisions for themselves, no, don't have to follow a path if that's not what they're comfortable with. Are you worried that this has not helped them in a way because it's kind of gone, look, she went on and this guy was mean to her. This guy did take advantage of her. And now if she listened to her parents, she wouldn't be here. Like, I don't want to be shitty about it, but is that a worry for you? I love that question. And I think that weighs heavy on me because, and that is why I'm so determined now to make something of this. Yeah. Because if I walked away and I was broken and I couldn't come back stronger and speak up for myself, what did I do it all for? So I still stand by the decision that you should make 
choices for yourself, doesn't matter if they don't pan out. This fear that something may not work out the way you expected is not the reason not to not do something. Because yeah. there are so many things in life, you know, I could go do anything and due to fear of culture and family, we say no because we're like, oh, it might not work out. Like, I love my boyfriend, but what if we don't work out? That should not matter. It comes back to you making choices for yourself and every decision, like with this whole maths thing, it didn't work out, but I still learned from it. I think of it as a lesson, not a mistake. Like right. so many things I've learned in regards to someone like Dan, I will sniff out from a mile away. Will yeah. I let a nurse anywhere near my circle? Fuck no. Like no way, not going to happen. Yeah. Um, has it empowered me to make more decisions for myself? Yeah. I mean, I could do anything now. And my parents would be like, mm, they'll barely bat an eyelid. I went on maths. <laughs> I could bring home any guy and they'll be like, okay, yeah, cool. She went and did this crazy thing. What what could be worse? And like, this and, and nothing. I mean, like you you've done it all now. It's like it's like a crash course in in shit. <laughs> and now you can go. Sometimes yeah. those little choices. Like for me, I actually applied a year ago for maths, and I look back because I can connect the dots. And I'm like, had they reached out a year ago, I would have gotten shit scared and said no. But within that year. I had taken other small decisions in my life. Like I moved out of home, which is big for my culture without being married. I moved out. I set up my own apartment. I was completely independent. I started going out. I started dating, trying to meet people. All those things shaped me to the point where I was able to say yes to something like maths. So everything right. happens for a reason, right? So you have to take those small decisions to then one day make the big decision for yourself. And again, you make those small decisions it's the only way your parents actually get used to the idea that you are an individual. And at the end of it, you will come out okay. Like, yeah, I went and did this, didn't work out. My parents can see that I'm still going to try and make something of this. I yeah. want them to be proud of that. And you're still a good person and you kept you kept your soul intact and you made you made good choices for yourself. And I think that's important as well. That's a really good way to look at it. And it's really positive, I think. I gotta tell you though, it made us yeah. laugh though, because um my son, when we were when you were on the couch and they were saying, like, oh, you're going to be so great for you because you're going to be so much stronger. My son was sat there and he said he's like 20 and he said, uh, never mind. Yeah, well done. They're like, how about sorry we set you up with this bozo? Sorry that we traumatized you. <laughs> sorry. Where are the sorries? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only person I deserve a sorry from is Dan. Like initially I was a little bit frustrated at the producers and the casting and all of that. But then once I've seen, since I found out that he actually lied his way through. This is what I've said too. They can only go by what you tell them. And if you say all the right things and cry in all the right places, um, they're, they, they, they can't see into your soul, can they? So I, I do think they should have strong, maybe a few more, te better tests to yeah, weed these I mean, people out. That's what manipulators do, right? They're really good at showing people the version of themselves they want. So if you talk to someone two or three times, you think they're an awesome person. So again, yeah. it goes back to stop casting people. They will yeah. show you what they want to show you. Only take on people that apply yeah. and actually go out there, get to know them. I mean, we did a heap of psychological testers, tests. I mean, that's probably why I was so invested and thought, oh, my God, like he's done all the tests I did. Yeah, so me he too. Much. Like he, there must be something there. But no, unfortunately, I was wrong. People can fake their way through. <laughs> yeah, it's true. A lot of the guys this year did. A lot of the guys. Like, I don't want to name names, but I mean, more than half the cast there of men well, lied their way through. I First thing I said is, let's take the first time, the boys who went out together. And we were like, well, that, that that's a red, I think you even said it. It was a because because the whole getting phone numbers. Dan and Harrison and Adam and stuff, they were like all together. And mm -hmm. it seems like guys, birds of a feather do flock together. And you can tell if your friend, if your, if your boyfriend, your husband, your fiance hangs out with people that are cheating or lying or those kind of people, there's a chance there's an element that's happening with them as well. Because you don't surround yourself with people who are not like-minded. Yep. This is why I say Dan and Harrison are best buds. <laughs> you they started, oh, they are. No, no, 100%. When they started to hang out more together, I was like, mm, this doesn't seem right. Like, I know what Harrison is. Why is Dan taking so much time to be Harrison's best bud? And Dan would actually coach Harrison because he is the same man, just 10 years ahead. So exactly what Harrison is, is what Dan is. Dan just knows how to hide it. 
because he's had 10 years of training. He's had two failed relationships. He's a marketer by trade. He's a con artist. That is his job. So he knows how to hide it. So he would actually try and teach Harrison, like, don't say this, don't do that. Well, and I was oh like, my God, it's a master manipulator, oh, karate kid. <laughs> the man, like he, I mean, I've had girlfriends say he uses, he boasts that he uses his marketing tactics on women. Like, come on. Uh, okay, I'm just going to put this out there. Who wants to make a bet in the next year, Dan puts out a series of videos on how to attract women using his special Dan techniques for only nineteen ninety five. Yeah, he 100% will because he will turn anything. Like at the moment, he's playing the victim because he's like, the, the, the network, you know, stitched me up. Eventually, he's going to play this role of, well, you know what? I'm going to own this villain edit and I'm, but I'm just... And that kills me because I'm like, you went there for fame and you're actually going to get what you want. Whereas I went there for love. I didn't get it. I still get left, you know, second yeah. best. It's, yeah, it well, sucks. But rather than being sad, what's in the future for you? Tell me what, what you've got planned, what's going on for you. I think this whole process has really motivated me to share stories, especially within the Australian media, I think the UK audience is a lot more open to stories like mine and they yeah. have friends who have come from a similar background and culture. Um, I think in Australia we need a bit more of that. I would Agreed. like to be that person that paves that path for other women and men like myself who maybe aren't in the limelight, who don't have that opportunity because they're not given that opportunity to help them make it a little bit of an easier path. Um, yeah. talk about women, empowering women. That's really important for me. And I mean, on the backside of that, also sharing my culture, like, you know, uh, whatever and, I can. And not a Bollywood film, people. Just. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks <laughs> for that, I mean, little things like rock a Western dress with Indian jewelry. You can do that. You can still own and share your culture and still be Western. You don't have yep. to pick one. Being a child, I felt I had to pick one. And yeah, that's I really hard. We did like your dresses. We did yeah. like you had some beautiful dresses. Um, and I have to say, Lara's always a bit well, she never forgets a frock, first of all, when she sees one. But yeah, she, we <laughs> wanted to know whether there was like a rail of frocks you guys could choose from because the dresses seem oh. to get better and better. This is the other people thing people don't know about maths is a lot of people say, Who did your makeup and your dress? Blah, blah, blah. Like everything we did yeah awesome. so you genuinely lose money going on this just like they give you budget budget for your wedding dress yes like same as us right but i mean uh, janelle's trying on a vera wang <laughs> i wouldn't have even gotten a vera wang belt yeah no i mean i think janelle got very lucky with her wedding dress our budget actually wasn't very big I had to pay for a lot of the stuff that I wore, like the jewelry and everything. I paid for out of my own pocket because for me, it was my real wedding. I was yeah. like, I, you know, I'm like, this is amazing. I'm getting married. I don't care if I have to pay for some of it. Like someone yeah, else is putting on pay for my cost, my outfit. So yeah. why not? But, but the dresses are annoying though, because you have to buy 20 dresses because you don't know how long you're there for. And then if like for me, if you go in the second week, I've got a closet full of eat uh, dinner dresses and I'm like well what am I supposed to do with that now but you because you have to prepare for every eventuality and you want to look good because you're on tv right you don't want to come on tv and go oh I picked this up down the road for well, actually some of mine were five pounds but mine were like that too I was like it's it's how you wear it not what it costs yes, right exactly um, but I think no ours was even worse we had to get our outfits approved so sometimes I would get a dress Put it on take a photo and send it to my producer and be like oh no we don't like that someone else is wearing that color and i'm like this is the only dress i have like i can't yeah but they didn't to... tell you they didn't tell you that when you bought them all with you did they it's when you get on the show and then they go oh we can't have that because it's got sequins on it might set the cameras off or it's good yeah. and you're like well if yeah why didn't somebody tell me this i mean the only thing they said is we can't have any labels in ours like we can't have anything with yeah, yeah, we had a bit of that as well. But yeah, everything, honestly, people think it's all like glitz and glam and someone does your makeup on your hair. You do your own makeup, you do your own hair, you buy your own outfits. I had to put my business on hold for three months. I had no income because I wasn't working either. I was still paying my rent back home and I'm not making an income. I'm still paying all my all my electricity bills and everything. You're still paying all of that. But that is how much you should want it. 
Exactly. Yeah, that's how I looked at it as well. It was like, this is an investment in my future because I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to get love. And so none of this is going to matter because in, in a year, I'm going to be living here with my husband and everything's going to be great. Exactly. I'll get love. <laughs> the ultimate thing I went for, I will find love. And, and you don't really listen as well, do you? And it's a TV show, but, you know, we want you to find love. It's a TV show. You're thinking love. <laughs> All you heard was love. It's like, oh, my God, my perfect match. It's going to happen. And I mean, that's the other thing I struggle with. So people who are already like well off and they've got everything sorted, like Dan was semi-retired. He had, like he, for him, this was a holiday. He's like, yeah, I'll just go on a bit of a holiday, try and get so famous. What, yeah, so there's nothing to invest because he's not losing anything. That's the whole thing, isn't and it? That's why missing for six hours a day, deciding that you're going to continue your life as you did back home is more of a problem because it's like not only are you investing anything, you're just dragging me along for the ride. You don't give a shit about me. And then on top of that, you're also like, I'm just going to live my life as I was before. And I'm the problem. How did you get away with that with production? Uh, so Dan is the kind of personality where he likes to push back and break rules. That was the first red flag. So when we were on our honeymoon, we had to line up for a ride. And he cut the line. And I, that was my first, I was like, I'm like, you can't cut the line. I'm like, all these people are waiting. He's like, I didn't get through my life and get this far without breaking some rules. And that did not sit well with me because I was like, all these people that have been waiting all these long, you're basically saying that you're more important than them. Yeah. So these are the little things that when you see them, don't ignore them. Because yeah, those but little red I did. Like, you, you you swallow them down and you think yeah. maybe he's just showing off or maybe he's nervous about the show. Maybe it is all like a, you just you take all those little red flags and you you, you push them down deep because you think, oh, I, I'm just scared. It's my fear that's making me see this. I'm, being, yeah. Yeah. I'm overreacting. Or yeah, this is what I do. Well, you don't get to say, it, but I, I, this is what I do. And I, I think he's like the last one and I'm just running because because you know, but nope, I'm here yeah. for a reason. This is all going to become clear in a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't. And then exactly, yeah, those little red flags turn into big red flags where his inability there to wait in line with everyone else again showed up with production. So when that we had rules, like you need to stay in the apartment while we're filming this and that, he would just go do whatever he wanted. He yeah. would talk down to people. When I saw things like that, like, and when I would actually stand up for people. So we have a house AP a person that stays in the apartments with us to make sure that we're not leaving whenever we want and all that. So yeah. he would push back with this guy and he was a lovely guy and he would have a real go at him and say things like, oh, who are you to tell me? And I'd be like, Dan, he's just doing his job. And you know that look he gave Hugo? Yeah, that, this one. Was the look I got because he yeah. was like, she's challenging me, how dare she? And I got that same I look see. too. I had that look. It was a face oh, that went and he looked like a different person to me. He just gave me this thing and, and he wasn't doing it in public. He was only doing it in private. And I thought I was going a bit loopy-loo. So I am so sorry you went through that because I'm telling you, I know what that feels like. The, the chills went through my spine. I was like, he literally just looked at me like, how dare you question me and speak to me like that in front of someone else? And I just thought, what is going on? And it was little things like that. And I mean, that was a big one. That was a big one when he did that. And I was like, yeah, something's not right. Yeah. And this is not showing up in front of other people. So it's really hard to tell people about it because they go, we never see that side. What are you talking about? But I mean, the biggest thing he's upset about me, at me about, is that his true colours got revealed. Like he keeps saying, oh, yeah. she worked in production, she did this and she did Mate, but he's, he, he won't take he won't take he won't take um any ownership of it and he never will no, and that's something you're never going to get from him yeah and i have i've accepted that that's why he is cut out of my life and i'm now going to look at my journey moving forward what i've learned how it can help other people learn and what i can now do for myself because it, the more i think about him he's never going to change he is always going to be that person and he is unwilling to ever accept that he's in the wrong yeah he will always say he's in the right. So you can't win with that. No, you There's can't no argue with crazy. You just can't. There's no point. You can't have a conversation with crazy. <laughs> I love that. You cannot. <laughs> <laughs> we, but I got to say, we loved the, the, it was very entertaining for us to watch. I mean, the journey did, we, I mean, at the beginning, we kept saying, we don't know anything about Sandy other than her ethnicity, because that's all they ever talked about. We didn't know you as a person. Then we said, oh, it's a bit boring because you guys were getting along. And then suddenly the drama came and then and then the real Sandy came out. We got to see you 
in full swing at the end. Like when you came in for that reunion dinner party, your dress and your demeanor, the way you walked in and we went, wow, she's Sandy's back. This is the real Sandy. This is She's powerful. She's happy. Uh, and it was great to see. Thank you. I mean, I felt like that was one of the biggest disappointments is watching back. I'm like, a lot of it I didn't feel like was a true representation of me. Like, yeah, I'm Indian. I'm also Australian, but I'm also a businesswoman. I'm also strong yeah. and I'm also funny and I'm fun and I can do all those things. But when you're paired with someone that tears you down, you lose all of that about you. Like yes, when you, you see me at my wedding, that person at my wedding compared to who I was at that dinner party where I was hearing all that stuff that Dan was saying, it's two different people. Yeah, and you I've were a shell been- at that point. Yeah. And that's how producers were saying, they're like, Sandy, you are a shell of the person that we met. And I'm like, that's how I feel. Like I came back home and my sisters were like, we don't recognize you. I spent a week in bed. My sister, when I said to her, I'm like, am I overplaying this? Like what's going, like, because when he was saying all this, I'm like, maybe I'm just overreacting. She's like, I'm going to show you the messages you sent me when you were there. There were messages saying things like, I think he's manipulating me. Is he taking advantage of me? Like all this stuff you forget because when you're in it, you just, yeah. you, you're not yourself. You just lose that person. And I'm glad that now I want to show that person. And I'm, I'm so glad to see some of that at the reunion. Like, yeah. I wish well, we did. Yeah, don't, don't worry, we did. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I know. But you do. And it does, um, and it really does still keep you up, doesn't it? You do go over in your head what, what I could have done, what I should have done. Should I have said more earlier? Should I have stood up for myself? But when you're in it, there's nothing you can do but just try to hang on at some points and just r- ride it through. Um, but I'm glad you came out strong and we loved watching you, Sandy. And I hope that you, I hope people out there are inspired by this story. Well, thank you. Uh, that's all I can hope. <laughs> and hopefully I'll find love. <laughs> yes, and ho- we hope you find love too with a normal functioning human, non-mermaid man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the part. <laughs> If he takes you to a water park on the first date, fucking run, Sandy. Oh, mate, run. (laughs) I can't swim, so I'm going to have to run. (laughs) Well, it's been absolutely lovely having you on the show. Um, Where can people find you if they want to follow what you're up to? Um, So my Instagram is Sandy Jwanda, so just my name. Um, I'm also on TikTok. I do some beauty videos and that on TikTok. I mean, that's not my main focus. My main focus is really just sharing my story and you know, sharing other women's story, I'm very, I feel, I don't know, after going through all this, I feel very empowered to do that. Not something that I was expecting, but hey, you go with the flow and yeah, you, try you and don't know it. where it's going to take you because you're a different person coming out of this journey than going in, aren't you? So, oh, definitely. So, yeah, that's it. So, my Instagram, Sandy Jawanda, and then my TikTok is Sandy.Jawanda. Well, it's been so lovely having you, Sandy, and we really appreciate you taking time to do this with us. And we wish you Thank all the you best. Are- Thank you so much, guys. Have the best day. Bye, Sandy. Have a great day. Thanks, babe.